Hey there and welcome to Soul Church. Our prayer is that this message encourages you wherever you may be in life. You know, we've been hearing so many stories about what God is doing in people's lives and we'd love to hear yours. So take a second and send your story to stories at soulchurch.com. Thanks again for joining us today and we hope that you enjoy the message. God bless. We are week two into this micro-series called By Faith. And just as you all got comfortable, I'm going to get you all to stand up. And we're going to read from Hebrews chapter 11. Oh, it's been a hard week, hasn't it? Look at you all. (laughs) Hebrews chapter 11. Let's read this out loud. By faith, we understand that the universe was formed at God's command. So that was what was seen was not made out of what was visible. By faith, Noah, when warned about things not yet seen, in holy fear, built an ark to save his family. And by faith, even Sarah, who was past childbearing age, was unable to bear children. Verse 30, by faith, the walls of Jericho fell after the army had marched around them for seven days. Father God, we come to you. We thank you for your word. Lord, I know that so many people watching online in the room have had a really tough week. Maybe there's been setbacks. Maybe there's been disappointments, frustrations. Father, maybe the week just did not go at all to plan. But we find ourselves back in your house. We find ourselves back today listening to your promises through your word. And I pray, Father God, that by faith today, you would fill us with strength for this week. You would fill us with hope. Father, we would not give up, we would not quit. Father, but we would live and walk and declare by faith in Jesus' name, amen, amen. All right, you guys can take your seats. Thank you to the worship team. Can we give these guys a hand? Just a quick shout out, if you can play an instrument, if you can sing, I'm not talking about singing in the shower, but you can actually (laughs) sing, okay? And you can, and uh, the worship team are always looking for more people to get involved as the church grows, so let us know, go and speak to one of the team at the info desk afterwards. We've just read um, some verses from Hebrews chapter 11, 18 times in one chapter we see the words, by faith. Last week, we talked about walking by faith. Just a quick recap. When we walk by faith, we, it produces rest in our lives. I hope you've been saying those three words this week. Just trust God. All four of you. Already? Just trust God. Second thing, when we produces righteousness. God knows me, yet he still chose me. Is anyone blown away by God's grace? He knows me, yet he still chose me. And number three, faith produces rewards. The reward of hope, the reward of more faith. We talked about forest faith, how God doesn't want you just to live with a seed of faith, but he wants that faith to grow and germinate into something greater. What is faith? What is faith? Faith, I believe, is how, how God sees our lives. So we see our lives from God's perspective. And faith has the ability to see things to which anyone that doesn't have faith, it makes no sense. I heard it tweeted or posted somewhere this week that faith is like Wi-Fi. 
It's invisible, but it connects you to what you need. It's invisible. You can't see it, but it connects you to what you need. Who knows we need some hope, especially after a week like we've just had in this country. The good news is faith produces hope. All right, you ready for this week? Ready for the word? I've got a big mouth. Don't judge me. It's the way God made me. It's the way my parents raised me. Just kidding, just kidding. Now, my big mouth, by the way, you've got one too. My big mouth can either work for me or against me. Okay? It can be my greatest asset or it can be my greatest liability. The older I get, thankfully, I'm using it more as an asset than a liability. I was going to share some stories how I got in trouble as a young man, but we don't have time for all those shenanigans. Who knows that the words we speak are far more powerful than we, we realize. King Solomon said in Proverbs chapter 18, verse 21, he says that death and life are in the power of the tongue. Literally, when we speak, it's either producing life over people into the atmosphere or it can even produce death. And countless hundreds of times a day, we get the opportunity to use our words and speak life or death. There was a trainee monk who joined the Trappist Monastery. And for three years, he was given a probation period where he was not allowed to speak at all. But at the end of each year, he could say two words. The end of the first year, he said this. He said, bed hard. (laughs) At the end of the second year, he said, food cold. (laughs) And at the end of the third year, he'd had enough. And he comes in and he says, I quit. The head priest overhears this and he comes over and he says, that doesn't surprise me one little bit. All you've done is complain since you arrived. (laughs) I wonder how you or I would choose to use six words spread over three years. I think one of the best ways that I can use my big mouth and you can use yours, is this. It's speaking, declaring God's word over my life, the promises over my family and into the atmosphere. Now, the the message I'm about to share today, I probably couldn't have shared five or six years ago because it was um, in text form, but now it actually actually works. Okay, so I I don't want to share anything with you that doesn't work. And so for some of you, you've never, you've never ever been to church before, and this is all new. For some of you, have been coming for a few weeks, months, years. But for some of you, you, you understand what I'm about to say today. But I, I want you to know that what I'm about to share, it works. Okay, this works. It's proven. It took me, a whole, it took me many years in my Christian faith to, to, to grasp it, but it works. Romans 4, 17 says, I have made you a father of many nations. Paul is speaking about Abraham, who didn't have a child. Yet he was calling him the father of many nations. I have made you a father of many nations. This is true before God, the one Abraham believed the God who gives life to the dead and speaks of things. Now this is really, really tough to understand. Speaks of things that don't yet exist as if they are real. 
He called out something in Abraham that did not exist and he spoke about it as if it had already happened. This is how God works. If you want a little insight into how God thinks and how God works, he always looks and he speaks about things as if they'd already happened. Now there are a whole lot of things in life that haven't happened yet for you and I. Maybe your dream, the dream that God placed inside of you as a young lady, a young man, has not happened yet. Your husband or your wife might not be sitting beside you. You might be in debt. It's not been paid off. Your health might not be where it needs to be. But the Bible says this. It says we have to call things into existence. It doesn't say we have to read them into existence. It says you literally have to call things into existence. Speak of things that don't exist yet as if they are real. Now that sounds wacky. Who's got something in their life right now that doesn't exist, but you want it to? Now Paul is saying here, we have to speak about them, even though they don't exist, as if they will exist. And that is faith. That is faith. We declare God's word over our lives, even the areas that don't exist. Who knows it's easy for me to declare something over my life that exists? Who knows it's easy to say you're healthy when you're healthy? Who knows it's very hard to say, I declare by faith I'm healthy when you're laying in bed with COVID? But God says, no, I need you to speak the things that are not and declare them as if they are. And that is how we activate faith in our life. That's the Wi-Fi which connects us to God. So I want to talk for the next two and a half hours on declare, declaring by faith. Last week we talked about walking by faith. This week I want to talk about declaring, speaking by faith. When, when God's word is spoken... When we declare, I am healed by faith, I am free from debt by faith, I'm going to sleep tonight by faith, I am sober by faith, I might not be sober, I'm going to be free from that destructive habit by faith. When you start declaring God's word, things begin to change in your life. And so I want to show you seven things Seven things from scripture that happen when you speak by faith. When you call out the things which are not as if they were. Seven things happen. I'm going to write these things down because they're powerful. They'll help you. Number one is this. My atmosphere changes. My atmosphere changes. Genesis chapter 1 verse 3. The third verse in the whole of scripture. God said, let there be light. And there was light. God speaks and the lights come on. By the way, this isn't Alexa. Right? God was way before Alexa. God speaks and the lights come on. Who knows the first thing you need at a party is the lights on if it's at night? Yeah? I'm, I'm, I'm an absolute stickler for lighting. Who likes to get the mood right? Yeah, who's a mood lighting person? I've got dimmers everywhere in our house. Who's a dimmer king and queen? Okay. Who like, I can't care about lights? I can't care about lights. He's like, it doesn't matter. Okay, okay. I, I, love, I love the lights on. And uh, I like the lights just right. Set the mood. Men, okay, married men, 
If you want heaven at 11, buy a dimmer, okay? <laughs> Let me tell you, when God's word, when God's word was spoken, let there be light, the atmosphere changed. And if you don't like the atmosphere in your home, in your car, in your office, if you don't like the atmosphere, here's the thing. The first thing you've got to do is you've got to declare God's word. God's word actually creates energy in the room. We've got verses all over our house. It's not because we don't know what else to put up. It's just because we know that when the kids see the verses, we can go to the toilet and there's a verse. Everywhere you go in our house, we've got God's word. Why? Because God's word creates an atmosphere in the home. God's word creates energy in the living room. I love worship songs, okay? I love worship. Who loves worship? That was an incredible set today, and our team are incredible. I'm not into worship songs that are all about my feelings. I need you more. I'm not into all that. I love declaring God's word. If, you're, if you, feel like you're, you feel like you're called to write worship songs, just use this book. They sell better. Because people love to sing God's word. Because it's not my feelings that are going to change the atmosphere. It's God's word. When you start worshiping and declaring God's word, on the way to work, something begins to change. You know, Radio 1 does not get the first words over my children in the morning. I'm not against Radio 1. It just doesn't get the first words. Okay, God's word. We put worship on on the way to school every morning. Why? Because God's word gets first word. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things. BBC doesn't get the first word over my morning. God's word does. Let there be light. I wonder if there's light in your home. I wonder if you're allowing the darkness and the confusion and the troubles that are coming around us to infuse your house. I love God's word. Psalm 27 says, the Lord is my light. Light. The Lord is my light. God's word changes the atmosphere. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When the wicked advance against me to devour me, it is my enemies and my foes who will stumble and fall. Though an army besiege me, my heart will not fear. Though war break out around me, it's happening. Even then I will be confident. One thing I ask from the Lord, this only do I seek, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord. For in the day of trouble, he will keep us safe in his dwelling. He will hide us in the shelter of his sacred tent and set us high upon a rock. Then my head will be exalted above my enemies who surround me. At his sacred tent, I will sacrifice with shouts of joy. I will sing and make music to the Lord. Hear my voice when I call, Lord. Be merciful to me and answer me. My heart says of you, seek his face, your face, Lord, I will seek. Verse 13, I remain confident. 
confident of this. I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. When you start declaring and you start speaking God's word, it brings light. It brings life and energy to the atmosphere. Number two, number one, my atmosphere changes. Number two is this, my faith's released. Why does the atmosphere change? Because faith releases. Romans 10, 17 says, so faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of Christ. Our words are containers. They're containers. They either carry our faith to the kingdom of God or they carry our fear to the kingdom of darkness. Your words are containers. I want to keep speaking faith in this season in church life. We get 35 minutes in the Word together every Sunday. And the world gets a whole lot more time with you than that. So I'm going to use this time not to give you 10 steps of motivation. I'm going to give you God's Word. Speak God's Word into your heart, into your mind. So when we go out and there is trouble out there, we've got containers to speak into the atmosphere. Who wants God's will for their life? And the rest of you? Who wants God's will for their life? God's will. Let me tell you about God's will. God's will is better than my will. If you want to know God's will, you have to know God's word. You've got to know God's word. We've all got to know it. When we speak the word of God, what happens when we speak from this, from this book, from the word of God, we are declaring God's word. We are coming into agreement because they're his words, not my words. If I quote Stephen Furtick, and he is awesome, that's not God's word. God might not come into agreement with another preacher, or if you quote John Norman. But when you quote God's word, he comes into agreement with it. Now, who knows, you cannot have a deal without an agreement. You ever bought a car? You might have an idea of a price, and the, and the dealer might have an idea of a price, but it's not, you cannot strike the deal until you come into agreement. You cannot come into God's will for your life until you come into agreement with his word. Oh, I don't like that bit. No, I love Psalm 27, but I don't like that other bit. You have to accept the word of God. You have to accept it as truth. You say, well, I, I, you know, I, I, don't, I don't necessarily speak faith, but I don't speak negative. You, know, you actually, as Christians, we have to go on the offensive with our words. It's not enough just to be neutral. We've got to speak God's word. It's, for faith to walk, faith has to talk. You've got to speak it. Romans 10 verse 8 says the word is near you, in your heart, in your mouth, and in your heart. Paul is teaching here, whatever is closest to us wins. Whatever is closest to us, if negativity, if you're surrounded by negative people, if you've got negativity closest to you, it will win. If you've got positive people closest to you, it will win. The law of association says you become like those you mix with. King Solomon put it this way. He says that iron sharpens iron. We've got to learn a new language today. It's the language of faith. It's the language of faith. And this is your Faith for Dummies book, the Bible. If you're saying, I'm struggling with my faith, I'm, I'm struggling, I want to encourage you. It's hard. It's hard to build faith, almost impossible, without speaking God's word. I'm believing that my mouth will be a fountain of life this week. 
in faith. Come on, who's going to come into agreement? Your mouth will be a fountain of life this week as you speak faith into the atmosphere. Okay, so number two, my faith's released. Number three, my enemy flees. When you speak God's word, your enemy flees. Now, I just want to remind us today that our enemy is not the government. It's not the cabinet. It's not scientists. It's not an overseas president. Our enemy is the devil. How do we know? Because Ephesians 6.12 says, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness in this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. As frustrating as it is politically right now, our enemy is not Whitehall. Our enemy is the devil. He is the one causing confusion in this nation. And we've got to know who our enemy is. If not, we're taken out on the wrong people. And the devil literally hates the Bible. He hates it. He hates it. Why? Because it is light and it is life. Every time you go near your Bible, every time you open your app on your smartphone and start reading your verse for the day, the enemy gets mad. How do we know? Because the devil takes Jesus. Jesus is just about to go in ministry. He's 30 years old. He's just been baptized, and the enemy takes him into the desert. Many of you know the story in Matthew's Gospel in chapter 4. He takes him in and he tempts him. He tempts him with power and control and authority. Three things the enemy will tempt us all in. Power, control, and authority. He tempts him. And Jesus comes back at the devil and he says this. He says three words. He says, it is written. Three times the devil tempts Christ and three times he comes back with the same answer. It is written. What does he do? He speaks the word of God over the enemy. James 4, 7 says, resist the devil and he will flee. If you want to make the devil mad, remind him about what is written. Every time your energy bill comes, and it might creep up a little bit more each time, this is what you say, ready? My God shall supply all my needs according to his riches in glory. When you confess the word of God over your finances, every time you're feeling sick, you, you, you speak the word of God, by his stripes, I am healed. Are you healed in that moment? Not necessarily. What you do is you keep declaring God's word. By his stripes, I am healed. If you want to make the devil mad, you've got to keep declaring what is written. I am the head and not the tail. Our building will be paid in full. Come on, it is not going to rain tonight on the new site. You've got to speak the things which are not as if they were. You're not in the job that you want. Your career's not going the direction it wants, but you are going to be fulfilled. You are going to get the promotion. You've got to declare the things which are not as if they were. This is faith. I am healed. I am clean. I am whole. I'm provided for. I'm protected. Come on, we've got to get faith to build in our lives. Hebrews 10.23, Hebrews 10.23 says, hold fast to the confession of your faith. Hold fast. In 2008, I ran an ultra marathon in Cape Town, 42 miles. And um, it was 12 months of training. It was up a mountain. Mark Collinger told me I couldn't do it. That's the only reason I did it. And I called, called him at the finish line. 
But to go, to go on this ultramarathon, I had to go on a training seminar. And this 80-year-old gentleman, he stood up. He said, I'm not going to talk to you today about diet. I'm not going to talk to you about training, exercises, stretching, all of those things. I'm here to talk to you about one person. His name's Percy. I said, hello. Percy, who's Percy? He says, he's called Percy the Parrot. And he says, that's your little devil. And he says, Percy the Parrot is going to live on your shoulder till you cross that finish line. And here's the things Percy's going to say. You don't need to train today. It's raining. You, you can eat the cheeseburger instead of the salad. And Percy the Parrot, I thought he was having an absolute... Like he's, he, but when I started training, I realized that Percy was very, very real. Who knows about Percy? Because some of you have been trying to do something in your life, but Percy is perched on your shoulder. And here's the thing. We think the devil is this big weird thing, but the devil can be just like a Percy. He just sits there and he says this, you'll never recover. You'll never play again. You'll never get the job. You'll never be married. You'll never have children. You'll never sell the house. You'll never buy the house. And the problem is Percy, Percy doesn't shout. Percy whispers. Some of you have been listening to Percy for so long. You know, the devil, we can call him Percy or the devil, it doesn't really matter. But the devil cannot wait for you and I to wake up in the morning. Because there's two words the devil wants to say to you. You ready? You're not. You're not. You're not worthy enough to come to church. You know, there's people that should be in church today, but they're not here. I'll tell you why they're not here. Because Percy told them today, they're not good enough because of something they did this week. You're not good enough to walk into church because you're dirty. You're unclean. You made a mistake. You looked at something you didn't. And so the devil is so clever. He sits on the shoulder. You're not qualified enough to get the job. You're not good enough to get married. You're not spiritual enough to get healed. I wrote a book two years ago called Unmasked about all the invisible masks that we wear during COVID. Just, you just happened to be COVID when I was writing about masks. And I, I put the book into the publisher and it came back with 2,000 mistakes. By the way, that's not normal. It was only 50,000 words. And it was just littered with mistakes. I mean, she basically, she wiggled her way out of the, the deal. She said, you just, you just said, you're not, a, you're not an author. That's what she said to me. She said, you're just not a natural author. And do you know what? For weeks, I dealt with this thing. You're not. You're not good enough. I've got a D and an F in English. And I'm writing a book. And the devil said, well, why are you writing a book for? Because you're not good enough. Leave it, to, leave it to the more qualified. Leave it to the more educated. Leave it. You know what? The problem is, if we listen to the lie, we will never achieve anything. And I had to get up, literally, we were saying, get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave, get up, get up, get up, get up out of that grave. And I was in a grave of you're not good enough. Some of you, you've been in a grave of you're not. How many times did Chantelle and I come home on a Sunday and said, we are just not experienced enough to lead a church? And the devil, the devil has tried so many times to say, you're just... You know, every time we go into the new, you're going to walk into this new building tonight, and it is unbelievable. I walk in and think, what have we done? <laughs> what have we done? We've not just got to pay for this. We've got to keep it going. We've got to keep the lights on. We've got to fill it. And the devil wants to wake you up. 
continually with these two words, you're not. Has anyone come, has anyone come with me today? You say, I understand how the enemy plays. And the problem is we begin to agree with him and you're not turns into I'm not. I'm not. By the way, be careful because the Bible says where two or three agree on anything, it shall be done. You can agree with the devil. Be careful. And then we go to lunch with a friend and it's we're not. We're not good enough. We're not this. And everything that Percy says, we end up agreeing with. You know, growing up, I wasn't a fighter. I didn't hit puberty till I was 16. So I wasn't a fighter, but I was a talker. And however quickly you thought I was, I could strike back with my tongue. And here's the thing. As believers, you've got to strike back at the devil. The moment he tells you that you're not, you've got to strike back with two words. You ready? I am. I am. I've taught this before, but you need to learn this again. I am. I am. I am is actually one of the names of God. God came, God came in, we read it in, in, in Exodus 3.14. Moses said to God, he says, if I come to the people of Israel and say to them, who sent me? Who sent me? They shall say, I am who I am. When you stand up in the morning and you declare, I am, you declare, I am a new creation. I am as bold as a lion. I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I am being changed into God's image. I am God's workmanship. I am complete in him. I am a child of God. I am alive with Christ. I am free from the law of sin and death. I am born of God. You are declaring God's word into your situation. I'm not going to allow the enemy just to beat me up every day and tell me what I'm not. The enemy has to be resisted. Number four, the fourth thing that happens is my hunger grows. Here's what I found. The less I eat healthy, the less desire I have to eat healthy. Has anyone ever had that? Does anyone open the box of chocolates or the bar of chocolates and you say, I'm just going to have a slab, just going to have just the end of the slab. And then you slowly work. And when you get to the middle and cross over, there's something that just says you should just finish it. Stop pointing at people. Has anyone said, I'm just going to have two or three? And it's like, how did the big bag? My wife bought Maltesers this week, and it was a bad, bad decision. Because my wife has the self-control to eat two. I have the self-control to eat 32. She can just open a bag of chocolate and just take one out, pop it in, and that's her done for the night. But she buys a big bag. I'm like, why don't you just buy the kid's little thing? I don't know. Anyway, it's just a different thing. The less I go to the gym, the less desire I have to go to the gym. Now, here's here's what works. The opposite works as well. The more I eat healthy, the more desire I have to eat healthy. The The more I speak God's word, the more appetite... I have for God's word. If you haven't read your Bible for a while, that's okay, all right? First of all, that's totally cool. God still loves you. That's totally fine. And I hope you don't feel beaten up about that. I hope you just feel hungry. Because God's word actually creates an appetite for more of God's word. God's promises create an appetite for more of God's promises. Hebrews 11.6 says, whoever would draw near to God and believes he exists, that he would reward those who seek him. So when you 
when you start speaking by faith, the outcome is my hunger grows for more of God. Every time I speak faith, people want more. You know, this week I've been inundated with messages more than any other series we've had this year because faith is like a drug. The more faith you have, the more you want. I was in Nigeria two weeks ago, and it was incredible, as you know. But I left Nigeria wanting more of God. I've left other places thinking, you know, it hasn't really affected me, but I literally left Lagos going, these people are so hungry for God. These people are so in love with Jesus. I want what you have. Naturally, in the natural, they don't have much, but in the spiritual, they have everything. And I came back and said, God, I need more of you. I need more of that faith. Because faith creates faith. You know, people, you can get your motivation on social, media, on social media. You can get inspired by a TED Talk. You can get stimulated by a podcast. But it is the word of God that brings transformation in people's lives. You know, one of the things I love, I love seeing it when people Instagram God's word. We've all got a platform to actually bring God's word. It's interesting. Whenever I post God's word, it gets the least likes. It's interesting because it shows that people aren't hungry for it. People want to see what someone's eating or what they're doing at the party or what they're eating. Or I'm thinking God's word. We should be liking God's word and posting God's word. We have a platform to speak hope into people's homes, into people's hearts. We have a platform every day to declare God's word, especially right now. Especially, People don't need to know that you're an Asda buying yogurt. But let me tell you, Sometimes it, anyway, I won't get into that. But God's word, one word from God could change someone's day. It could speak life into the atmosphere of their home. You've got to speak these things that are not as if they were. Number five, the fifth thing that happens is this, my identity secure. My identity secure. When you declare God's word, it secures who you are in him. You know, society is trying to mess and change people's identities, especially children and young people. The world is saying right now, live your own version of truth. Reinvent yourselves. Be whoever you want to be. Live any way you choose, and it'll all work out good in the end, will it? And the, instant, the enemy is constantly looking to try and cast confusion on God's children, especially God's little children. And we can try and we can, we can reinvent ourselves, but the challenge is this, we have already been defined by God. You take your notes, write this down. You can never redefine what God has already defined. You can never redefine what God has already defined. When we declare God's word by faith, what we do is we speak security over our identity. We affirm what he has made. You know, the world is so boldly expressing their opinions everywhere we look around identity. Well, I'm going to express my opinion. Are you ready? Write this down. I'm looking at the camera. God does not make mistakes. God does not make mistakes. Because if he makes mistakes, it makes him a liar. And the Bible says that God cannot lie. 
Psalm 139, verse 14, I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. This is my identity. Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as a prophet to the nation. When we declare God's word, as the team come up, our identity is secure. Number six, two more quickly. The sixth thing that happens when you declare God's word is my relationships transform. There was a group of frogs traveling through the woods and two of them fell into a pit. All the other frogs gathered around them and told them that they would never get out. The two frogs ignored the comments and tried to jump out of the pit. When the other frogs saw how deep the pit was, they told the unfortunate frogs, stop, you are as good as dead. Finally, one of the frogs took heed to what the other frog said, gave up, fell down, and died. The other frog, however, continued to jump as hard as he could. Once again, the, the crowd of frogs yelled at him, stop the pain and the suffering and just die. But to the surprise of everyone, he jumped harder and harder and miraculously jumped out. When he got out, the other frog said to him, why did you continue jumping? Didn't you hear us? They, dis- they were shocked to discover that the frog was deaf. And all the time, he actually thought that they were encouraging him to get out. He did not want to disappoint them, so he would not give up. How true of life is that? You know, when you, when you start building faith in your life, here's what happens. You attract like-minded people. It always amazes me who finds each other in a church. It always amazes me who finds themselves in the school playground. Because like attracts like. I encourage you if you're struggling with your faith. Here's the good news. There's some strong faith people in this church. This is why small groups are so important, midweek groups, because we get to encourage each other in our faith. We all have bad days. We all have tough days. I pray that we'll be different to the group of frogs, and we will help sharpen you, because faith attracts faith, and fear attracts fear. The seventh thing that happens is this, my miracle my miracle takes place. Every time you pray, God hears. Every time you declare God's word, he listens. Just because you can't see it yet doesn't mean to say it's not happening. Hebrews 10, 23 says, hold fast to the confession. Our confession remains steadfast even when our circumstances remain unchanged. You say, well, John, I've been coming to church for three weeks now and nothing's changed in my life. It's like saying I've been to the gym once and nothing changed in my body. Nothing's going to change. I've got to be committed to declaring God's word. I'm told it takes 63 days to build a long-term memory and create change. 63 days. I've created a little card. We're going to team. We're going to hand these out. It's called I Declare by Faith. And I want for the next 63 days just to declare seven. I've written this especially for this half the house season because I want you to declare this over your family. I declare by faith I will see every unsettled area of my life settled. I declare by faith I will encounter supernatural grace and favor. I declare by faith I will enter a new rest in Christ. I declare by faith I will be strong in body in mind and soul. 
I declare by faith I will lead someone closer to Jesus. I declare by faith I will watch doors of opportunity open in front of me. I declare by faith I will experience divine protection over my family and my loved ones. And what I've done is I've put a little verse under each one, and I'm not going to read those verses out right now because I don't have time, but I want you to, to earmark them in your Bible. Just underline them, and every day for the next 63 days, I want us to go on a journey every day. I want to say, I declare by faith, I will see every unsettled area of my life settled. And then you're going to read Psalm chapter 40, verse 2. He brought me up out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and set my feet upon a rock. And he established my steps. I'll encounter supernatural grace and favor. I'm believing for supernatural miracles. God wants us to enter a new rest. I heard so many people struggling with sleep over the past few weeks. That's not God's best for you. God wants you to enter his rest, as we talked about last week. And we're going to declare it by faith. Before we go to sleep, we're going to declare, I will enter a new rest tonight by faith. So I want us to stand. We can't just get through life by attending church. Our Christian walk, our faith can't grow just by tuning in on a Sunday. We've got to daily declare God's word over our family and our children, our businesses. Why do we declare God's word? Well, the atmosphere changes, faith's released, the enemy flees, our hunger grows, identity secure, relationships transform, and miracles happen. If you're saying today, I'm going to hold fast to my faith. I'm going to hold fast to my faith. I'm going to keep declaring by faith. I'm going to speak, I'm going to call the things which are not as if they were. Who's believing for their house to sell? Where are you? You believe for your house to sell. You've got to declare every day, my faith, by faith, my house is going to sell. In Jesus' name. Just because the for sale sign's up doesn't mean you don't keep declaring it. Who needs healing in their bodies? Who's got a sickness in your body? Come on, where are you? I want to pray for you. By faith. You've got to declare every day, by faith, I'm healed in Jesus' name. Who's got an area of their life that's unsettled? It could be anything. It could be a relationship, finance, something that's unsettled. If it's unsettled, it means it's unsettling you. Because I want to pray that God will bring a settling into your spirit. Who's worried right now? You're living in fear. You're constantly living in fear and worry. Maybe even what's happening in our world around us, you just, it messes with you. You, 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 you just can't seem to sleep. It's eating you up right now. Where are you? I want to pray. I want to speak into worry. Speak faith into the atmosphere. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, God. You said, let there be light, and there was light. So right now, I want you to lift your hands. Whatever's unsettled, whatever's sick, whatever's happening right now in your world, I want to speak the things which are not into existence by faith right now I don't know what's wrong but I want you to say this by faith I am healed in Jesus name by faith what is unsettled will settle by faith 
I am restored by faith every need every bill will be supplied by faith I walk in victory I declare it today in the name of Jesus in the name of Jesus I want to pray right now for those who are battling with anxiety and depression First Thessalonians 5.23 says, God himself, the God who makes everything holy and whole, make you holy and whole, put you together, spirit, soul, and body. Spirit, soul, and body. I want to pray for the whole lot right now. Right now, Father, I pray for those who are struggling with anxiety, for those who are battling, Father God, for those who are having dark thoughts. Father, for those who are thinking things, Father God, that are not of you. Lord, I speak peace. I speak light. Your word says, let there be light, and there was light. And I speak light into every dark thought, into every dark mind. I thank you for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And I speak wholeness over people's minds right now. I thank you that God is for us. And because God is for us, who can stand against us? Greater is He that is in me than he that is in the world. And I thank you we walk by faith and not by sight. I thank you, Lord, that you are with us and you are for us by the power of Jesus' name. Come on, let's declare it. Declaration number six says, I will watch doors of opportunity open in front of me. And I'm going to pray for doors to open. You know, there's two ways you can open a door. You can do it or God can do it. You can open it and try and push it and sometimes it doesn't work and it forces it and sometimes it's jammed and sometimes you, some, some of you are kicking the door because you're so convinced that this is what God's got for you. And God is saying, I want to open the door and when I open it, you don't have to force it. You can just walk through it and there's a rest. You don't have to strive. You can just walk through. You can walk into it. And I want to pray right now for open doors for people. For business, open doors in finance, open doors. But you, you're just saying, God, I need some doors to open. I've been pushing and pushing and pushing, but it just hasn't happened for me. It hasn't happened in my career. I've really tried, but God, I need you to come and you do the door opening for me. I tell you what, life's a lot easier when God opens doors and we don't push them. So if you need God to open a door, just slip up your hand right now. You need God to open some doors. Revelation 3.8, I've opened a door before you that no one can shut. Father, you are a good, good father and you love your children. And Father, we are sorry for pushing doors that maybe weren't meant to be open. We're sorry for trying to force your will, our will onto your will. We're sorry, Father, for making it all about us. But Father, right now we lay our, we lay our desires, our dreams, everything we lay at your feet and we trust you in the corridor. We trust you that you will open the right door at the right time. Doors are going to open this week. I declare it by faith. Doors are going to open this week. Doors are going to open. 
In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. By faith. I declare it by faith. There's a, there's a door that's happening. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. I want us to take, I want us to take this week our bookmarks and I want you to declare those seven things every day. Declare them over your family. Before you, before you tune in to social media, before you tune in to any of the things around us, I want you to declare those seven things over your life. I'm believing this week for miracles. We're going to create some healthy habits in our lives. Some healthy habits. There's no greater habit you can have in life than declaring God's word. There's no greater habit because it speak, brings life into the family heart. Let me pray. Father, right now, I want to pray for anyone who's never received Jesus as their Lord and Savior. You've never received the peace of God. Maybe this is your first time in church. Maybe you've come back and you feel distant from God. The good news is this. God has never left you. He loves you so much. But you have to make a decision at some point to receive that love. And you receive it by faith. Because you have to trust, even though we can't see God physically. We know that He lives all around us. We have to make that decision to trust Him. As He comes in, He takes residence in our heart. So I'm, what I'm going to do is just give an opportunity right now. You say, today I need to receive Jesus. I need to receive the love of Jesus. I need to receive forgiveness of my past. I need to receive hope for my future. That's you right now. I'm going to count to three. If you're watching online, right now this is for you in the room. Just slip up your hand all over this room. Say, count me in. Pray for me. God bless you. Anyone else? God bless you. 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 Amazing. God bless you. Why don't we say this prayer out loud? Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for me. Thank you for forgiving me of all my sin and my failures so that I can have a brand new start. Please come into my life and help me by the power of the Holy Spirit to trust and live for you. Amen. Amen. Come on, let's congratulate everyone who said that prayer. If you lifted up your hand or you didn't lift up your hand but you said that prayer, our team will be out there in the atrium. We'll holding up a Bible. If you're online, you can download the digital Bible. But I want to encourage you to grab hold of the Bible. Let us know that you made that decision today. And we want to help connect you into church and take the next step from that decision. Amen. Well, who's making a decision this week? We're going to declare by faith. Last week, walk by faith, declare by faith. And next week, we give by faith. We're giving by faith. We're going to be teaching what it is to give by faith. What God can do with that. Thanks again for tuning in. And if you said the salvation prayer today, we'd love for you to email connecttofaith at soulchurch.com so we can talk to you a little bit more about this incredible decision that you've just made. Yeah, you know, and if at any point in the service you felt moved to give towards any of our local or global initiatives, then head to soulchurch.com and click on the giving at the top of the page. Thanks again for joining us today, and we hope to see you again soon. God bless.